0: The topic for today's message is the committed son. (coughs) And I hope you would see what I what I see, what the Lord's been revealing to me about the committed son. It's a father and a son relationship and the commitment the father has to the son. But more importantly, the commitment the son has to the father. And our scripture, the first scripture we're going to turn to today is John. Chapter 8, verses 28 to 29. John chapter 8, verses 28 to 29. Let me know when you're there, please. John chapter 8, 28 through 29. If you're there, say, I'm there. 28 to 29. Yes, John 8, 28 to 29. Alright so I'm going to start reading Then Jesus said to them Who is them? He's speaking to the Pharisees And the treasury of the temple So he's speaking to the, the Pharisees And he said When you lift up the son of man Then you will know That I am he And that I do nothing of myself But as my father Taught me I speak these things. And he who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone. For I always do those things that please him. I always do those things that please him. So I'm just going to, that's one of the scripture references. And the other scripture I'm going to refer to also is John 14. If you could turn there please. John 14 twenty three to twenty four. John fourteen twenty three to twenty four. Are you there? Mm-hmm. Okay? And Jesus answered and said to him Now he's now in this context he's speaking to the disciples mm-hmm. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. And let's go to verse 29. And now I have told you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing in me but that you the world may know that I love the father and as the father gave me commandment so do so I do arise let's go from here all right so it's very interesting and this is really when I go through this I hope you see the commitment of the son to the father for we know that the Father is committed to us. We know that. But in the relationship, whenever Israel broke their commitment to the Father, he became angry. He became jealous. And then he had to put them through different situations in their life which wasn't pleasant for them. But then they always called, came back to him. So the, so the relationship here with Christ and the church and the Father and, the, and, and Christ is similar. The only difference is we have a son that's committed to the Father. Okay, so <clears throat> let's go back to John 8. <clears throat> so we're going back to John 8, verse 28 through 29. And I'll bring both all of these scriptures together to show you something. Now Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees in the, in the treasury in the temple. And he said to them, when you lift up the Son of Man. They have no idea when he said, when you lift up the Son of Man. But he knows. He said, when you crucify me. At that time, that was not even the intent. But he said, when you crucify me, you will know that I am he and that I do nothing of myself. You will know that I am the one who was promised. And that anything I do, it's not me. Right? Right? He said, I don't do anything of myself, but the Father taught me. I speak the things. I'm saying what I know. What the Father taught me is what I'm saying. I'm saying what I have been taught. I'm saying what the Father has told me and has taught me to say. And he who sent me, which is the Father, he didn't leave me alone. For I always do those things that please him. How can the Son make a, a statement that I always do those things that please him? Because he's doing what the Father has taught him. He's doing what the Father has shown him. He's doing what the Father has said. He says, Because I only do what the Father has taught me. Okay? So he says, In that things I always please him because I'm doing what he requires of me. I am in a relationship with the Father. And I only do what I was taught. I only do what he shows me. I only speak what he has ta- taught me to speak and says what he tells me to say. And in John 14, now, very important, he's saying to the disciples, if anyone, anyone, this is not exclusive to Jew or non-Jew, he said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Your love for me is contingent on the obedience you have towards my word. And my father would love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine but the Father's who sent me. So he said if you love me you will keep my words. And I will love you. And the Father will love you. And we will come and abide with you. Why? Because the Father will love you because you are keeping the words of Jesus Whose words are from the Father. So when you obey the words that Jesus that gives, You are obeying the Father. And the Father and the Son will come and make residence. And abide with the one who believes. He said if anyone believes my word. They show that they love me. And the Father and I will come and reside. We will take up residence with that person. Anyone. Man, woman, child. It doesn't matter race, it doesn't matter how old or young you are, it doesn't matter ethnicity, none of that matters. He said, anyone who loves me, he said, and now I have told you before it comes, that when it does come to pass, you may believe. He said, I will no longer talk much with you, for the rule of this world is coming, he has nothing in me. And who is the ruler of the world? We know that the ruler of the world is Satan. But he's coming, but he has nothing in me. He has nothing to accuse me of. Because whatever I do and whatever I say, is the Father who is instructing me in what I should do or say. So what I do or say is righteous. So the enemy, when he comes, he has nothing in me. He has nothing to accuse me of. Okay? But that the world may know that I love the Father and the Father gave me a command, gave me commandment, so I do. Okay, so interesting. As I said, Jesus is our example of one in the covenant relationship with the Father. Jesus is saying to the, to the Pharisees, you will be allowed to take me and put me on the cross. You will be allowed to take me and put me on the cross. This is not by your will, but mine. Because I will allow it. Oh my God. He said, I will allow it. When he said, when Jesus says to the the Pharisees, when you lift up, when you crucify the Son of Man, this is not your will. This is the Father's will, and I will allow it to take place. Because in John ten seventeen through 18 Jesus said, Therefore my Father loves me because I lay down my life, that I may take it again. He said, No one takes my life. Nobody takes my life from me. I lay it down of myself. I have a choice. I have the power to lay it down. I have the power to take it again. This commandment I have received from my Father. So when he's speaking to the Pharisees and he's saying, they did, they did not even know that they were going to crucify him at that time. He said, but when you lift me up, when you crucify me, it is not you. I allow it. I allow myself to be put on the cross. Why? Because I have this commandment from my Father that I can lay my life down and I can take it up again. And I'm doing this in line with Father Father's will for my life. This is, not, this is not something that I came up with. This is a, in my relationship with the Father. This is what I am required to do. As a son. I am required to lay down my life. The Father has given me a choice to lay down and take it up again. I have the authority to do it. So when you put me on the cross. It's not you. It's I am allowing it to happen. So in John John 13.27 Jesus says and this was really when you you read this it's mind blowing because in John 13.27 Jesus releases Judas to betray him. He releases Judas to betray him. He set the wheels in motion for his impending death. He knew what the Father required of him. He's telling the Pharisees what they're going to do to Him. And He's saying, this is not your will. This is the Father's will. And I'm here in relationship with the Father to do the Father's will. This is what's required of me. And Judas, you you have a part to play in, this, in unfolding the will of the Father. So you now go and betray me. Do what you what you desire to do and do it quickly. So it's amazing that you know, Jesus knows what's coming. He knows that he's going to die. He knows how he's going to die. He knows when he's going to die. And he's putting it in motion. He's saying, he's putting everything in place to to allow this to happen. That is commitment. That is commitment to a promise God made to man. In the beginning, before anything that was created, God had a redemptive plan for man. And Jesus, who was there in the beginning, its spirit, was there with the Father in agreement about how things were going to unfold. And he is now in space and time, doing the Father's will, unfolding that plan in space and time. So, Jesus releases Judas to betray him, to set the wheels in motion for his impending death. He said, I am here doing the Father's will. This is what Jesus is here saying I am here doing the Father's will. He sent me and is with me because I always do those things that please him. Even me releasing Judas. To set the wheels in motion for my impending death is the Father's will. That pleases the Father. Because I'm not doing my will. I'm doing the will of the Father. He showed his love for the Father and his commitment to the relationship by doing the Father's will. He walked in the glory. That's why the Father always revealed himself through the Son. The father always reveal, uh, was revealed himself through the son because the son re- released himself to the father and the father was able to express himself through the son because the son always did what the father told him to do. And what the father showed him to do, he did it in like manner. So the father was always able to express himself through the son. That is commitment. That is laying down your life. That's been a living sacrifice. Allowing another entity to use you to express himself and his life and his will. To unfold his plan. That is a living sacrifice. So Jesus walked in the glory of heaven. Because the Father was with him in the person of the Holy Spirit. So keeping our word to Jesus shows our commitment to the relationship. Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my words. And I will love you. And the Father will love you. And we will come and abide with you. So keeping our word to Jesus shows our commitment to the relationship. When we keep our word, the Father loves us and the glory of God abides with us. Did you hear what I just said? When we keep our word, the Father loves us, and the glory of God abides with us. Whatever you ask, whatever you need, God will respond. Because why? Because we love Him. Why? Because we obey. We yield ourselves to Him. And in that yielding of our spirit, of our will to Him, He is able to work through us and He will give us what we need. Because He said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. So whatever we need for life and godliness has already been made available to us. So when we walk in obedience to the word of God, and to the spirit of God, God is able to release His glory in our lives. And truly the promises of God will be revealed and manifested in our lives. The world will see the glory of God in our lives. So the word we keep is the Father's word. Not the Son only. Because it's the Father's word. And in verse 29-31 through 31 of John 14 verse 29-31 Very interesting here. Jesus knows that he has an appointment with Satan. What did he say in verse 29 through 31? He said, let me turn back there. He said, I have told you before it comes. I have told you what is going to happen before it happens. So when it happens, you will believe that I am He." I will no longer talk with you much for the ruler of this world is coming. So what happened? When he released Judas to go and betray him. The enemy is now coming looking for him. He knows that's what's going to happen. So that's why he said the ruler of this world is coming and has nothing in me. But that world that but that the world may know that the father I love the Father, and the Father gave me a commandment, so I go. Let us arise, go from here. When he said, let us arise, go from here, do you have any idea what he was about to do? Okay. Jesus, he knows that he has an appointment with Satan. He knows that. Because he said, the prince of this world is coming. So he knows that. And he knows that it is his time to lay down his life. The time is close. So he leaves where he is with his, with his disciples and he goes with his disciples to where? Gethsemane. Because that's where the appointment is going to be. He's going to gethsemane. So he's going to do the will of the Father. And I said in John seventeen eighteen, he's going to willingly lay down his life. Now the disciples have no understanding, no idea of what's taking place. There are things moving in the spirit realm and then manifesting in the natural. But they are clueless of what is going on. Because he's go, as he's walking with them, he's talking to them on their way to Gethsemane, not knowing the impact of what he has spoken and what he's saying. So he is consciously doing the will of the Father, going towards his appointment to die and why in Hebrews 12:2 to 3 it says looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand at the right hand of the throne of God this is why Jesus did the will of the father because he knew based on the plan in eternity okay based on the plan of eternity he was willing to endure the cross and despise the shame. For he knew that he would be in a position of authority, authority, seated at the right hand of grace. But in that position of authority, those who believe would be in him. So that was the the redemptive plan of God, that Christ would come. The only begotten Son of the Father, full of grace and truth, come in the form of his creation, man, lay down his life according to the will of the Father for the plan that was in eternity, manifesting itself in the natural. He will lay down his life so that we who are lost can be reconciled to the Father through him, now seated at the right hand of the throne of grace. So when the Bible says, Why we will yet sin as Christ died for us, those are the impact of what Jesus was doing. That is why he said, it says in Hebrews, he endured the cross. Despite despised the shame because he knew. He knew of what, if he did what he did, if he's doing the Father's will, laying on his life, he knew that there was, he made a way for man to be reconciled to the Father and not be lost. So when it says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us.'" Yes. Christ died for us. Why? Because we did not care about God. We did not care. We did not want to walk in His ways. We did not want to do it. But God in His love and His mercy and His compassion made a way where there was no way. And the Son committed to the plan from the foundation of the world came and laid down His life in doing the will of the Father. So consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself. Sinners enticed and aroused by the enemy who he had an appointment with in Gethsemane. They not even knowing, the people not even understanding what they are doing or what they are about to do. So he laid down his life for us in his commitment to the Father. And in response to the Father's plan for the redemption of fallen man. He was there in the beginning when the plan was laid out. Then he came in, out from eternity, into time and space to play his part in the Father's redemptive plan. This is a choice. This is a commitment to the will of the Father. You know what's coming. You know what you're supposed to do. But you'll have the courage to do it. It takes courage and faithfulness to stay committed to a relationship. You have to believe in what you are doing and the overall outcome of what you are doing. Distractions are normal but we must not allow ourselves to be ignorant of them and lose focus. That's what Jesus was the the committed son. He knew what he had to do, but he did not allow himself to be distracted by the things that were going on around him, by the politics, by the religious leaders. He did not allow himself to be distracted when he announced in the temple when he was speaking from reading from the book of Isaiah. He spoke and he said he mentioned his his. His mission, his mission, that is why he was here. And when he announced it, even before he, even in the temple, when he was a child, when he was in the temple and his mother was saying, we are looking for you, he said, I'm about my father's business. He was already, as a teenager, about doing the will of the father. Focused, not allowing himself to be distracted by the world, by the things in the world. So distractions are normal, but we must not allow ourselves to be ignorant of them and lose focus. This is why people sin. There is a lack of understanding of the scope and context in which we live. That is the absolute truth. We live in a world where people do not believe. There are people who believe and people don't believe. There are people who don't believe in God. There are people who don't understand, that, don't believe that there is a spirit world. There are, people who don't, and there are people who do believe. But they don't understand the mechanics of, of a spiritual life. They don't understand how things work in the spirit and the natural. So they walk in their own understanding. They walk in the philosophies of men. Not understanding that walking in your natural situation, walking in the flesh, you are weak when you are dealing with spiritual things. Because spiritual things supersede the natural You have no power to resist sin. Yes, you might be able to resist it for a certain amount of time. But eventually, it's relentless. The power of sin is relentless. It doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. It never stops. It's always pushing, 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 pushing against your soul. So there's a lack of understanding of the scope and context in which we live. Ignorance in the world and the church ignorance is that people don't understand even people in the church their ignorance why they are always falling into sin because they don't understand the context Jesus said the word of God says my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge and even having knowledge is not enough because you could have a knowledge and you could still fall into sin you can still allow yourself to be distracted and fall into sin separating yourself from God in that moment causing anger But God in His graciousness and in His mercy has made a way for us to repent of our sins through Christ so that we can come back in fellowship with Him. Distractions. It is because of the distractions due to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Those are the three main strategies that the enemy uses. To distract us from the things of God. To keep us from being the people God called us to be. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. And the biggest mistake people make is that they underestimate the power of this concept. They underestimate the power of it because it's an attack on your flesh. And when I say flesh, I'm not talking about your physical flesh alone. It's an attack on your ego. It's an attack on your soul. It's an attack on the things that make you the person you are. But in your normal thinking, in trying to think and rationalize and walk and live this life with your own will and power, you will fail. Why? Because you don't have the power to overcome the power of sin. The power of sin is a spiritual power. And you are walking in your natural ways. You're not going to win. None of us will win if we walk. In that way. Oh how we underestimate the power of sin. And the love the Father has for us through Christ. That is why the Son. The committed Son. Did the will of the Father. So that through Him. We can overcome the power of sin. By the power of the Word. And the power of the Spirit. Which Spirit? The Holy Spirit. The Spirit that is from God. That is given to all those who believe. On the Son of God. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of promise. We are sealed with that Spirit when we believe in the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. Again, it takes courage. And it takes faithfulness to stay committed to a relationship. You have to believe in what you are doing and the overall outcome. As I said, distractions are normal. But we must not allow ourselves To be ignorant of them and lose focus. So, the committed son, the commitment of the son is that his walk on the earth was always about doing the father's business, it was always about doing the father's will. Because there was an agreement. Between them. Before he came about what was going to be done. And what needed to be done. And when and how. And the son came and flawlessly executed the will and plan of the father. He yielded himself to the father. To do the father's will. That's why he said I always do those things that please him. For us. Who are in Christ. That is why we are being. The Bible says we are. Being conformed into the image of Christ. Why? So that we will learn to walk in the spirit. Doing the will of the father. Doing the will of Christ. Because the Lord Jesus reveals to us by the spirit. The deep things of God. The deep things of the father. The father's will. So when we in Romans 12.1 and 2. It says I present. I beg you. To present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, changing the way you think. That is how you become a committed son. When you present your body as a living sacrifice, you lower and reveal, and you allow your spirit, you allow your soul humble to the will of the Father. The word of God through Christ. Because in Christ. When you pursue Christ. The thing. The wisdom of God is revealed. Because it says in Christ is all hidden. All wisdom and knowledge. If you want to know the will of God. If you want to know the deep things of God. You have to pursue Christ. Because in him. Is the wisdom of God revealed. And that is what. My prayer is, for my brethren, for my family, is that we come to know Him. So we do not walk in the ignorance of our minds, or in the ignorance like the world. But we walk in line with the Spirit, because we are children of God. We have an inheritance. And God wants us and He has given us everything we need so that we can live a victorious life. And what does that victorious life look like? It doesn't mean you will have a life without hardships. But it means that you have a life, even in the hardship, you'll have peace, you'll have joy. Even in the hardship, God will do miraculous things to show that how much He loves you. And there was a word I was sharing with my wife this morning. It wasn't—I forgot which psalm it was. I don't know if you bring it up, but basically, it said, "It said." It's talking about worshiping God. It's talking about doing your due diligence, doing your keeping your word that towards God, your promise, worshiping Him, giving, keeping your promise, and it says. When you call in the time of trouble, He will answer and He will deliver. Many people want God to deliver them, want God to be their friend, want God to do things for them, but do not want to commit to Him. I don't know any relationship where you have one committed to the relationship and another committed, but you expect the other person who is being committed to you And you being faithless to that person, you expect them to reach out to you and do things for you when you are betraying the relationship. That is what it is. You are betraying a relationship but expect the person to continually just be there and do what what, what you want them to do. But as I said, God is not raising bastards. He's raising sons. And He's chast- He will chastise His sons so that they will be conformed into the image of Christ. So my, So the word today is the committed son. And as I said, Jesus is our example. And what does it require? It requires us to walk in the Spirit. It requires us to seek the things of God, to study the word, read the word, so that the Holy Spirit can reveal Christ. Because when He reveals it and you walk in that word that's obey or in obedience, it says what? Jesus says what? That my Father and I will come and abide with you. And then that you see the glory of God being manifested in your life. Sons of God walk in this earth. In the divinity that has been given to them through Christ. Did you hear what I said? Sons of God walk in this earth. In the divinity that they have in Christ. That is not how the normal minds work. And with that, sin and the enemy does not have power over you. You, in other words, have power over sin and the enemy. So we don't have to be fearful. We do not have to be fearful. If we commit to God. The Bible says draw near to God. He says resist the devil. Draw near to God. And he will draw near to you. And you as you closer you get. The more and more power you get to overcome. Alright. Is there any? That's all I have today. I hope you received something. In Jesus name. Thank you.